Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Your home to Twins Baseball. And that's where we take this interview. And it's an interesting interview uh, forthcoming on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Joining us is Carla Baranakis. It, 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 it's a tough name to say. It's Greek to me. Uh, but I think I got that right, didn't I, Carla? Uh, you pronounced it correctly, and it is actually Lithuanian. Lithuanian? Uh, it does It does sound Greek. I will grant Ah, it shoot. I thought I had one there. There's Lithuanian. Okay. I didn't realize. Okay. That's good. Nobody, nobody ever guesses Lithuanian. <laughs> no, no, I sure wouldn't have. And, 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 and uh, I, I looked over at uh, my faithful producer here, and, and he said this is Greek. So I assumed, you know, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but you know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you. Carl, you've got an interesting story to tell uh, both about your roots in Minnesota and beyond with what you've done with your career. Let's start with when your family moved here to Minnesota. Uh, how old were you and, 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 and how did Met Stadium come into play? Well, I was, uh, we moved in 1967 and I was uh, 12 years old and we had come from, from Memphis. And the uh, the way that Met Stadium played played into it, this was the first time we ever lived in an area with uh, you know major professional sports. And uh, my father, who grew up on the East Coast, was a major Red Sox fan. And so every time the Red Sox would come into town, he would sort of casually say, "Let's go see the Twins play." The Twins, yeah. <laughs> even even though let's go see really Estremsky. I mean Sox. the Twins, yeah. Yeah, and he actually was a friend of Sal Magley, who was sure. a pitching coach for Boston at the time. And so um, he actually even uh, finagled an introduction to Carl Yastrzemski for us. So uh, he, you know, so he, he was Red Sox through and through, but he always phrases, let's go see how the Twins are doing. <laughs> okay, but, but you took to baseball and you took to the Twins and you took Absolutely. to Tony Oliva. How, how did this evolve for you? Well, I, back then, I mean, this was when, you know, the the greats were on the team. You know, you had Harmon Killebrew, you had Tony Oliva, you had Zoilo Versal, yeah. um, Cesar Tovar. And so it was just a great team to watch. And back in those days, when uh, when Soda Pop came in bottles with caps on them. You bet. Uh, they used to have a thing where you could collect the bottle caps with the pictures of the players underneath. And so I had a big chart where I was uh, pasting all the bottle caps on, trying to get them all. 
So I, the, the Twins were a big thing. The Twins were a huge thing. And I, I loved baseball. I thought there was nothing better than going out to the ballpark and, and watching them play. So much so that you ended up working at the stadium, right? Yes, I ended up being a, a Twins usher in 1977. And unfortunately, that was the first year of uh, Tony Oliva's retirement. But I still got to see uh, Rod Carew. Oh, he threatened to hit 400 that year. Yep, yep. So that was very exciting. And then the other thing I love about the Twins is that uh, Tony Oliva and Rod Carew, when they were both playing, uh, were roommates. Yeah. And, you know, I I just would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear them talk about hitting. You know, Oof. they get back in the room, and, and I just can't even imagine what they must have said. No, for sure. And, and, and now you develop your own career in, in, in as a reporter. Explain your journalism career. Well, uh, my journalism career, I started as a clerk at the Star Tribune, and then I moved around to some other newspapers uh, in, in the middle part of the country, very small ones in some cases. But I worked my way up to the, uh, well, I worked my way up to the Grand Forks Herald and then eventually to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And uh, one year at the Post-Dispatch, the managing editor noticed that I was using my vacation to go to spring training in Florida. So he decided to put me in the sports department. And uh, that led to me being um, in the sports department when the Cardinals and the Twins played in the World Series in 1987. And uh, it, it, that was a great moment for me because some friends of mine in Minnesota, uh, when it got to the seventh game, called me and said, uh, we've got a ticket for you. Come on up for game seven. <laughs> and and then by some miracle, one of my colleagues in the sports department called me and said, I have a feeling somebody's going to offer you a ticket to game seven. So if you need me to cover your shift, I'll do it. Nice. Yeah, so I got to be there for for that great moment, and um, the other the other moment in history that I was there for is um, when they closed Metropolitan Stadium, yeah. when the, the last game that they yep. had there. My mother was not a baseball fan at all, and she was a trooper because it was a rainy, miserable day, and she went with me to that game, and and uh, you know I I always have a fond memory of her for that because that that was beyond the call of duty for a non baseball fan. Okay, but in in the, in the midst of all this, and you end up working for the New York Times and, and a number of different places, you really had an affinity for Tony Oliva, and, and you really had a wish that he would make the Hall of Fame. How did that evolve? Well, I just thought he deserved it because he was just a dominant player when he was playing. And when, when I moved to New York in 1988, all of my friends said, oh, you're such a baseball fan. I bet you're going to go up to the Hall of Fame. And I said, no, I am not. Tony Oliva is not in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think that's right. And I'm not going until Tony Oliva gets into the Hall of Fame. And you thought, and what the heck, it'll be a few years only, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I didn't think it would be 30 plus years from what I said that. But the um, the other thing is I worked in the sports department. And so, you know, I was around a lot of baseball writers and I, you know, I'm sure they remember me ranting. Well, repeatedly. What would they tell they, you? What reason would they give you for not voting for him? The reason they would give me is that he didn't have the longevity. Yeah. And I would counter with. That's right. He didn't have the longevity of some other players. However, he injured his knees, and back in that day, they didn't have the kind of 
uh, orthopedic surgery that, that could repair that and give him more longevity. And while he was playing, you know, really he was, until just the very last years, he was very consistently right up there. So, you know, I, I, I think he was penalized for that. But the other thing I noticed with the the Hall of Fame ceremony this year when, when he and Jim Cott were inducted, Jim Cott had nothing but longevity. That's right. <laughs> it took him a long time to get in. That's true. And then, yep. and then the thing that they branded Tony Oliva with, he didn't have the longevity. Well, you know, he, he produced, he produced, he produced, he produced. Uh, one one other thing I'll mention, I just recently finished reading a, a book by Paul O'Neill and Jack Curry called Swing and a Hit, yep. where it just talks in detail about hitting and how difficult it is and how it's it's even difficult to be, you know, a, a hitter as opposed to a home run uh, hitter because, you know, everybody loves the home run. But being the guy that produces the hits time after time after time, you know, that's so important to a team. And so, you know, that's that's what Tony Tony Oliva had home runs, you know, don't don't count him oh, out. Oh yeah, there. he had power, yep. But, you know, he, when he came to bat, he was going to get a hit. That's I mean, that's who he was. He was the best bad ball hitter they'd ever seen. That that, that yep. you know, it didn't matter where you threw it, he could square it up and and there's an old saying uh, for for guys that come from Cuba or anywhere else, that you can't walk off the island. And so, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna make it to the big leagues, you got to hit and you got to swing at everything to to prove yourself. And he was case in point. So, Carlo Baranakis, yesterday you got to attend your first ever Hall of Fame induction ceremony because you lifted your personal boycott. What was it like at Cooperstown? Oh, it was just so exciting, and there was a huge crowd there. I think they estimated something like thirty thousand people. And there were people wearing twins uh, garb. There, there were a lot of people wearing Red Sox garb. But I, I claim David Ortiz too. I'm, yep. I'm a big Poppy fan. Yep. And, um, and you know, and and then uh, there were other people, you know, in Mets gear with Gil Hodges. And so it, it was just an exciting day. I got there. I think a good two to two and a half hours before it started because I wanted to make sure I could get a parking spot. I wanted to make sure that I, you know, I got in and, and, and then the, the, this feeling there was so great. Everybody in the crowd was so happy, no matter who they were there for. And uh, I was actually sitting next to a woman whose son is the godson of Tony Oliva. And she was charming and lovely as you would expect, because the other thing I love about both, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, both of them are just really gracious and lovely people. Yeah. And especially with Tony Oliva, over the years, I've never had the pleasure of meeting him myself, but over the years, so many people that I know who have met him, even, you know, in awkward moments, like if he's eating dinner or, you know, out shopping or something, they always say that he is so gracious, so kind, so lovely. I've never heard a single bad thing about him. So, so, I, so you, I, it all came together for you yesterday, huh? Oh, it all it all came together for me. It was just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And oh, I have a favor if you could, yeah. <laughs> if you would allow me to ask your listeners, yeah. Tony Oliva on Twitter. He's Tony Oliva six, and he is just eighteen followers short of five thousand followers. And I think a Hall of Famer deserves to have it. Oh least yeah, 5, you gotta have five followers. grand for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. So sure. I just encourage anybody who's on Twitter to please follow him. And he posts he posts interesting things. So he's a good person to follow. All right. Last question for you. What was your, what was your favorite time as a journalist? Was it at the Times, the St. Louis Dispatch? What was it? Well, I have to say that I've just enjoyed everything that I've done in journalism. I've done so many things that I would never have expected in a million years. And, um, you know, and that includes things like, uh, you know, uh, a number of years ago, getting to go to the NBA draft because, you know, one of the reporters needed needed some help with with some of the things he was doing. Uh, There have been so many wonderful moments, but I have to say that the as a journalist, the thing that was the most compelling was 9-11. And after 9-11, I wrote some of the portraits of grief that The New York Times ran. And so interviewing the families and friends of of people who had died was one of the most difficult things that I've ever done, but it also made me feel like I was doing the most important work I had ever done. So, so I mean, when that day happened, were you at the office? What what happened? I was actually at home in New Jersey. I was supposed to be on vacation, but as soon as I saw what was happening, I knew that uh, the vacation was over. And uh, then I spent my day reporting on on the New Jersey side of the river because what they were doing is moving people out of Manhattan yeah. over to New Jersey. And and then f- from then on, it was it was just nonstop for a really long time. And and I have to say that, um, you know, that was when you really could see how important journalism is. And how important it is to tell people's stories. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those moments. I mean, yeah. Sometimes we we forget that we matter, so to speak, in this business, and, and you know, different reasons for that. But but when 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 all eyes are on whatever that story is, and you're in the middle of that story, it's pretty compelling and pretty invigorating, isn't it? It it sure is, and and it is truly an honor to be able an to honor, do humble that honor, isn't work. it? It is it is it is an honor. But I, I also want to add that the happy stories, the happy stories like Tony Oliva, which is finally a happy story, yeah. was unhappy for so many years. But those stories are equally important because that's what life is. It's a whole combination of things. Yep. And so we have to celebrate the times that we need to celebrate. And then we have to really stop and pause at the times of sorrow. That's right. And they're both important because they're both a part of life. And, and uh, you know, sometimes news organizations, all of us, uh, tend to look for the negative and gravitate to that and, and, and use fear as our, our motivating force. But doggone it, there's some y- yesterday being the ultimate. And one last thing, how good do Tony Oliva and Jim Cott look at age 84 and 83? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, it's just... It's, it's a little depressing. They, I'm, oh my gosh! They stand right, up there. They they, they just they look, look you know. They, they look like their ta- their tailored clothes are tailored, and I mean they they just look really good. They they looked really really good, and what I also liked is that both of them just really have a delightful sense of humor. Yes. too. Yes. And yes. and I loved it when Tony Oliva ended his speech with. Baseball being very, very, very good to me. <laughs> yeah, we all, if we're from a generation, that, that's a phrase we'll never forget. We'll never forget. Yeah. And you know what? And I just hope that, that uh, Mr. Oliva continues to celebrate like crazy. He will. In addition to In addition to Jim Cott. Oh, the one thing I forgot to mention about Jim Cott. 
I was actually working in St. Louis in 82. Oh, when he when won Jim it. Scott was with the Cardinals yeah. and they won the World Series. So, you know, it, 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 baseball gives us so many wonderful oh. moments. Oh. I'm glad you pointed out a few, Carol. Thank you for telling your story uh, through your eyes. It's just fun stuff and fun to visit with you. And, and continued success in all your reporting and editing. But uh, thank you for giving us a different perspective on it. Okay, thank you. You bet, Carol Baranakis. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 